usually uh, what investors look is uh, also the founder relations. Uh, how are they together? How do they communi communicate with each other, their synergy? Uh, that uh, usually requires that they know each other already for, for some while. This is Anissa, legal officer at Startup Wise Guys. Uh, obviously, there are also great uh, showcases and great examples in the cases they have not known uh, that long time as some other founders, but the synergy definitely should be really good. Uh, the, the skill set. Uh, so that, that the founder skill set is kind of supporting each other and um, their experience as well. So what kind of experience they have, what they have done in the past, what is the knowledge base. Team formation is an important part of any startup for both the team itself and to grow the team, whether it's its employees or investors. Uh, do they have uh, this something inside of them to, let's say, to be ready to like, hire 100 employees uh, raise uh, new bigger rounds and uh, and so on it's a different personality type but in early stage startups um, all of the things I mentioned are important but it's uh, quite often also you look in the eyes of the founders and see how much do they believe in it and how much uh, they have put effort into it and it isn't just about having the right skills. It's also about having the right relations with each stakeholder, whether another founder or an investor, to ensure an argument won't pull apart the startup. This is Savvy with Sparring, where we talk to founders, investors, and people in the startup ecosystem about entrepreneurship and getting a business off the ground. I'm Annabelle Pemberton, Legal Mind at Sparring, and I'll be guiding you through how business and law mesh together. I'm uh, the lawyer inside of Wise Guys. My work here is to support uh, our team in the sense that I will prepare the investment agreements and related agreements to these investment agreements, but we also provide support to the startups. So we have... Um, sessions sometimes about the, for example intellectual property about gdpr about next investment rounds founder relations and uh, sometimes they need help with internal documentation is it ip transfer and licensing agreement is it advice regarding a founder leaving and so on startup wise guys is an incubator based in estonia I decided to speak to Annie, as despite being a lawyer and not a founder, she has vast experience in working alongside startups who go through their program. She has a viewpoint from the investor side as well. In this episode, we'll be talking specifically about founder relations and why it is important to have agreements in place. Is a team really that important to startup success? Well, definitely. We uh, invest in early stage startups and uh, therefore I would say even that the half of uh, what we look is, uh, is the team. And um, it also can be looked at through the intellectual property side. Uh, ideas are not protected. So I don't want to say ideas are not worth anything. This is not the case, but, you know, obviously um ideas are great to start with but the execution is what matters and who executes it and the strategy behind there as well as uh, taking into account uh, the market uh, is the market ready is there a need and so on 
so in short, the, the team is absolutely very important. <laughs> the teams I see are already the ones who are selected to the boot camp and half of the, uh, the teams approximately are the ones who will be selected from the boot camp. So the teams who are weak do not end up in... Uh, in the boot camp, obviously, because only the best can end up there. If you look at the teams uh, who are now not anymore together, uh, then uh, you can see what, uh, what was there that uh, obviously was a red flag. So what are the examples of teams who might not work together? I don't want to say that uh, if you are boyfriend and girlfriend, then this is not a good uh, idea because we have really good examples of uh, married couples doing extremely well. But we also have an example that when people broke up, they don't want to be together in the same uh, startup. And uh, they mix personal feelings and the business sometimes. But, uh, you know, as I said, there are really good examples of this and and some some not so good examples. Uh, Mostly, I would say, is... uh, mm, when they have wrong expectations towards each other as founders. Uh, So they don't uh, always uh, talk things uh, through as precisely because they trust each other, they like each other. This is a common feature in a startup. While the going is good, founders don't necessarily consider about the legalities and what it really means to be founders. So uh, these uh, problems, they occur when uh, they already have uh, clients, when they have already more obligations. And uh, then, you know, these expectations uh, come out. Not everybody are always willing to act in a good faith uh, when the the relationship uh, doesn't work. Uh, Sometimes I make a joke as well that uh, you have to treat your startup as you would treat a marriage. (laughs) That, you know, in the marriage you also have a prenup and you you should agree the things when you do still love each other. And it's the same in the startup, you know, you should have the agreement and you should agree on uh, on certain matters when you still can uh, talk about these matters. Having a binding legal agreement between founders can be crucial even when you first start out. As Annie says, you just don't know what will happen. Well, the best way is to have uh, legally uh, these uh, things written down, to have the founders agreement or shareholders agreement in more general, uh, to be sure that uh, it is brought out what are the responsibility areas of the founders. uh, So there wouldn't be any misinterpretation or miscommunication there. A shareholders agreement regulates the rights and obligations in more detail with emphasis on relations between shareholders, such as looking at vesting, the system of governance and prevention of future conflicts. There are two sides of there, obviously, the legal side and the the relationship side, the Mm -hmm. communication side. And communication is always very important. Uh, If we go to the legal side, of course, it is uh, crucial that your shareholders agreement would be written in uh, the best way possible. And usually in our agreements, for example, we do have that all the misunderstandings, all the disputes, uh, firstly, have to be talked through and uh, discussed uh, in, an amic- uh, in a friendly manner and between the parties, uh, let's put it this way. A shareholders agreement can keep the friendliness going inside your startup too. However, it isn't a substitute for the basics of communication. Take, for example, if a founder decides to leave and activates what is called a bad lever situation. 
there are also clauses very specifically about what is considered to be a bad lever situation, especially, and this is uh, in the case that there is a person unilaterally deciding to leave and leaving therefore the company into a unfavorable position. With more and more teams working remotely, communication is becoming an even more important part of running a startup. Uh, obviously, if the person wants to leave, there is always a room for negotiations. Uh, maybe, you know, you can say that, can you stay until we find a new person? Or can you stay until we find uh, a new founder? Or can you, so you can find out the ways. And then uh, this comes to the communication side. And this is uh, sometimes why I tell to the founders as well that it's great that you're focusing so much on the product and finding new people and so on, but you also need to communicate within each other. Uh, so if you have a meeting, uh, maybe it is a good idea to ask, like, how are you doing, actually? Uh, what are your concerns? Uh, where is your pain? Uh, because maybe you can help the founder. And uh, I think it's not maybe too much talked about, about the burning out and uh, the aspects. Um, it's talked more lately than uh, obviously earlier, but uh, still, if, uh, you, if one of the founders is burning out, it can affect the whole company. I was really glad Annie brought this up. Not only is it important to know that a legal document won't necessarily save you, but sometimes it is so easy to get caught up in the product that founders don't support each other as much as they should. It's important to have the basics down right, as that communication is really key to building a successful startup. Uh, and uh, why it is important is also for the relationship, because if one person feels that he has been doing so much, nobody pays attention, nobody appreciates. You know, as in, in a relationship, you don't want to be taken for granted. I think it's the same in the startup that you, you don't want that somebody would uh, take you for granted. That And one moment uh, you will be maybe angry if you see that I have done so much and you have not fulfilled your part. And that is why... Uh, we can't grow. If the communication is good, if you are communicating freely, uh, then it definitely helps also agreement negotiations. So step number one, have good communication with your founders. From Annie's experience, having good communication and a legal agreement in place can really help move you towards success. In addition to founder relations, Shareholder agreements can also have the benefit of not being published, making it a suitable tool for adjusting sensitive relationships between shareholders, such as the method of nominating directors or members of the supervisory board, the conditions for issuing employee shares and stock under an ESOP program. Appropriately managing team relations can also mean managing how co-founders will receive equity. Uh, also, if uh, they have the expectation that other founders will also be there for years, uh, then, uh, you know, reverse vesting is something that definitely should be there. The aim of reverse vesting is to ensure loyalty in founders and is typically over a period of three to four years. Reverse vesting is when a company's co-founder receives his or her shares and ownership interest. And this exchange is subject to a vesting period or a time period until the rights can be realized. This is similar to employee stock options. In the event that one of the co-founders leaves early, and this means that the complete vesting period hasn't in fact finished, 
the founder may be forced to sell a specific percentage of these shares for no profit. Because uh, let's say we found uh, the startup and uh, now we actually have established, let's say, the company, because if you don't have established a, a company, you can't even have a very good agreement about it, about the shares and things and the rights and so on. Uh, so uh, then you should uh, make uh, a rule. So uh, what you agree upon, uh, is it four years? So let's say uh, we are two co-founders. So let's say we agree 50-50. But if you leave uh, soon, uh, too soon, and we say that, you know, at least you have to be with us uh, a year. But if you leave within three months, maybe you shouldn't get any shares at all. Like, because you haven't contributed to the startup journey, which is far, far longer, right? Uh, if, of course, it depends. If you are uh, leaving and you say that I want to leave, you have some reasons, you can have a settlement agreement that agree upon it uh, later on as well. Uh, but you should uh, foresee what happens if one party wants to leave unilaterally. How vesting is actually set up in a shareholders agreement can actually determine the commitment of founders to the startup. And this makes it a useful indicator for investors. And then let's say if you have been four years, you have uh, reverse vested your shares, all of them that you have uh, according to the business registry initially, right? And this is also something that the investors look and they write it in as well that uh, the founders, because one big uh, part why they would invest in the startup is the team, is the, is the founders. They would expect these founders to stay there because it, it can be evident that if uh, one of the founders leaves, maybe the startup is uh, not going to survive. That depends on the founder, obviously. In addition to relationships between initial founders, you will also come across agreements determining your relationship with investors. So when you first receive an agreement from an investor, it's really important that you read this agreement. Uh, sometimes what happens is that uh, they only check the investment amount and uh, just uh, broadly the main terms maybe, and then they already sign uh, without knowing if uh, there are any downsides uh, therein. Uh, so usually if the equity investor comes and there is this equity investment agreement, uh, they most likely also come with the shareholders agreement. So all the matters will be uh, talked through again or uh, written all over again. So whatever you had previously is not uh, any more legally binding. And this is now the agreement that will uh, guide your relationship. So obviously you should uh, check there the same things, the reverse vesting uh, terms. Uh, when uh, is somebody considered to be a good lever? When is somebody considered to be a bad lever? Uh, to be sure that you understand the bad lever occasions. And uh, is there a cliff? So if the cliff is long and you forget about it and you want to leave, then, you know, the, what happens next might not be very beneficial for the person who's leaving or in, in his or her interest. A cliff? is a term that defines the minimal time period which an employee or founder must work for the startup to actually obtain the right to retain the vested share. Uh, secondly, as I said, you know, this founder uh, main obligations or founders uh, main uh, 
fields where they are responsible are brought out that those might be linked to these bad lever clauses. So they shouldn't just write down everything in their mind or put like every field, they should divide it to be sure that it actually meets how they have divided the, the obligations between the founders. They should check uh, the financial terms of the equity agreement and the rights that the, the investors have. Uh, in therein as well in the shareholders agreement. Uh, is it going to be a separate class of shares? Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. Uh, and what are the rights the investor has? Uh, is it okay with you? And uh, investors case as well, the startups should uh, look into maybe the background of the investor. Uh, how is the investor, what is the reputation of the investor? How uh, good it is to work with this investor usually <laughs> in, in order to understand if uh, like working together with this investor is going to be beneficial in the longer run. As an early stage founder, you're juggling keeping your product moving and trying to find an investor. So you're likely to jump at the opportunity to work with an experienced VC or an angel investor. Is it only the money or is it expertise and knowledge base the investor is bringing uh, together with uh, him or her? However, it's important to make sure that you do your own due diligence. Uh, for example, one startup had an uh, investor and uh, they, they said that uh, the investor with uh, his requests uh, and his demands and his constant activities that he, he did uh, actually kind of like blocked, not, not blocked the whole business, but made it very difficult to conduct business. So, you know, it was taking a lot of time and effort to deal with him and his requests and demands. And uh, they, were, they were a little bit devastated by it because, you know, uh, they thought that uh, they would get investment, they would uh, use this investment to grow and they would focus fully on, on these matters. But uh, the aspect that they didn't know the background of this investor and they didn't clear out maybe some of the aspects beforehand uh, also then uh, made it um, to the point uh, that it was difficult for them to focus fully on the business. On the other hand, sometimes with team relations, your investor could be the very glue that your startup needs. I have to say lately, I think there have been several teams where a founder is leaving for uh, different reasons. And it's uh, interesting to see how how this procedure can go or how this uh, is going to be managed. Uh, for example, in uh, one situation, uh, the, the founders, they were in such a row, they even didn't want to talk within each other. Uh, so the investor had to be the middleman trying to say that, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's the best to have a settlement agreement, to agree, you know, what would be the outcome that is beneficial uh, for the startup uh, but also taking into account the contribution the leaving founder has given. Uh, but in a way that the startup would be further investable, that, you know, this uh, cap table is not going to be something that scares away new potential investors. If they're active investors, they become part of your team. They can help you out with their advice or, uh, or their, like, say, connections and so on. So whether it is an agreement between founders or an agreement between founder and investor, it is important to ensure you have a shareholders agreement in place and understand the terms. Annie and I covered some of the main points today, but if you prefer a structured summary, our playbook section gives you exactly that. You can find it at sparring.playbook.io. 
Savvy with Sparring is created by Sparring, a legal and strategic service for tech visionaries. This episode was created in collaboration with startup Wise Guys. However, Annie's experience does not constitute legal advice.